We're going to start in verse number 13, and we're going to read down through verse number 23 tonight. Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 13. The Bible says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft. Well, I wish I had time to go through all of these with you tonight. All these are so relevant for our day. By the way, you look up that word witchcraft there, for instance, just for instance. It's the Greek word pharmakia. It means drugs, narcotics, idolatry, witchcraft. These are works of the, of the flesh. Hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envy, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And just for a few moments tonight, if the Lord will help us, I want to talk to you about that subject, walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. And I, I would just ask you tonight, are you walking in the Spirit? Well, you say, preacher, I'm really not sure. And so I hope, that, I hope we can shed some light, a little bit of light on it tonight. Uh, and we'll just scratch the surface. That's all we'll do tonight. But you may be seated. And <clears throat> I'm going to pray very quickly. And, and we're going to try to keep this fairly brief tonight. But uh, so important. Let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time. Father, we thank you for <clears throat> your goodness. And Lord, we thank you for your mercy. And God, thank you for the opportunity, <clears throat> Lord, to be in your house tonight. Lord, I pray, uh, Lord, now that you would have your way in the service. Lord, I, the best I know how, I plead the blood of Jesus over this time together. And God, I pray that you would have your way. Lord, there's not even a doubt in my mind that I believe this is the message for the hour. I believe this is the message that we need as we begin the new year. And I also believe that there is an enemy, Lord, who wants to do his best to try to keep your people from getting the message. And so, Lord, I pray you'd have your way tonight. We know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so, God, I pray that you would 
I pray that you'd minister, pray you'd speak to hearts. Lord, last thing I want to do is get up here and just ramble and not make any sense. Lord, I want to say something that's, that's going to make sense and something that's going to glorify you and please you, but something that's going to help your people. I pray for now for the power and the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and I pray you'll direct our time together. Save that one that's lost and encourage that one that's discouraged and edify your church tonight, please. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, and for his sake, and all God's people said, amen. Galatians 5, 16, this I say then, Paul said, because of those things that I just mentioned, this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And then we notice down in verse number 25, again, the Holy Spirit says, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. In the last few days, a discussion came up, and it was not a, it was, it was in no way a, a negative discussion. It was almost really accidental the way it came up. But we were having a discussion with some folks, and somebody mentioned, they said, uh, you, heard, uh, you heard about Brother So-and-so, a man that I had looked up to for a long, long time, a man that was quite a bit older than I am, a man that had been serving in the ministry for, for many, many years. And this person said, you heard that there was some scandal and there was, was some immorality that was found out, some immoral sin. This man stumbled and failed. And I'll be honest with you, when I heard that news, it, it shook me. And, and understand that we don't worship men at Calvary Baptist Church. Brother Zach said this last week, and it was true, that, that uh, the best of men are men at best. But this man was an, a veteran. He was a veteran of the faith. A man that had been in the ministry for a long, long time. A man that I had the utmost respect for. And, and I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, at the very first, I, I found myself trying to defend this fella. And I, I said, surely that can't be true. It, are you sure? Are you sure you've got your facts straight? And again, they weren't saying this in a critical way or definitely not rejoicing in any way at all. And they said, well, there's been some evidence that's come out. Pretty substantial evidence. We ended that conversation and, and uh, went on our way. But I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't get away from that conversation. It bothered me. It bothered me in my spirit. I, I don't know, by the way, can I just insert this real quick? I don't know of any godly Christian that rejoices when another Christian falls. I don't understand sometimes I, you know, I hear Christians almost, they almost relish in the fact that uh, different people in the faith stumble and fall. And I'm going I'm to tell you something, church, I don't believe that's Christ-like. And I don't care if they're Baptist or Methodist or, or Pentecostal or whatever it may be. If they name the name of Jesus, I'm rooting for them. I mean, I want them to, I want them to go on. I don't want to see them, I don't want to see them fall. And I begin, to think about, I begin to think about this situation. And I'll be honest with you, I've witnessed the fall of some younger men in my life. When I say younger, I'm talking about men that were not a lot older than I am who had great ministries and 
men that I looked up to, men that I respected, men that I heard preach, and I saw those men fall. Men my age, I've, I, I've know, known of men my age that have stumbled morally and fell into sin. But when I heard about this older man fall, it shook me, shook me up. And I honestly, this was the thought, and this may not be the right thought, but this was the thought I had. Lord, if that man fell, do any of us have hope? I mean, if that man that was so, you talk about a guy that knew his Bible. You talk about a man that, that seemed to walk with God. And, 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 and a man, a man that I enjoyed listening to so much. And I thought, Lord, if a man like that that's been in it for many, many years and has been faithful, if a man like that could fall, then Lord, what in the world, what can I do to keep from falling? So I began to study. That thing bothered me, and I, I wanted to find out a reason. What is it that can make a man like that stumble into moral sin or immoral sin? And I, I thought to myself, surely there must be a common denominator. And I'm going to be honest with you. I believe there is. I believe the Holy Spirit showed me that common denominator this week. So I began to do this. I began to get in my Bible the next few days and I began to study some of the, by the way, some of the good people of the Word of God, good people. When I say good people, I'm talking about people that I couldn't even shine their sandals. I mean, I'm talking about folks that, man, uh, listen, I'm talking about great uh, saints, great patriarchs of the faith, good people, but people that stumbled and fell. Now I began to look at their life, several. For instance, I thought about, this is one of the first characters I thought about, what is it that would make David fall? And fall so severely. David, David, by the way, you'll not, you'll have a hard time studying a better character than David in the Word of God. Did you know that God said about David, he was a man after God's own heart? You talk about a man, listen, that God loved. God loved David but although David was a great man, David was a good man, we notice that David stumbled and David fell. I believe this, that there's more in David's life than just simple lust or simple pleasure. I believe the lust was the symptom, not the cause. I believe this tonight, church. I believe that David's fall could be traced back to something much greater than lust I believe it could be traced back to something more serious and much more sinister. I believe that David's fall could be traced back to a lack of forgiveness. I want you to, we'll not do this with all the characters tonight, but I want to I hone in on David, David's life just for, uh, just for a few moments tonight. I want you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn over to 2 Samuel chapter number 6. 2 Samuel chapter number 6 in your Bibles tonight. I believe that David failed... Because David was full of bitterness. 2 Samuel chapter 6, and look if you will please at verse number 19. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse number 19. You know the story here. Uh, we'll abbreviate it tonight. David uh, and the people have brought back the ark into Jerusalem. It's a high day. It's a, a day of rejoicing. Everything's just so high. Everything's going so great. And the Bible says that David 
uh, deals to all the people, food and drink. And David is so happy to have the Ark of the Covenant back in Jerusalem. And so David thinks, well, I'm going to go down and, man, I'm going to bless my own house. Uh, I've served all the people, and now I'm going to go down and bless my own, my own family. Look, if you will, in 2 Samuel chapter 6 and verse number 19. The Bible says, and he dealt among all the people, even among the whole multitude of Israel, as well as the women as men, to everyone a cake of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine. So all the people departed, everyone to his house. Then David returned to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, by the way, David's wife, came out to meet David and said how glorious was the king of Israel today. By the way, she said that sarcastically. How glorious was the king of Israel today who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovereth himself. In other words, uh, if I read this correctly, she did not even let David get in the door. Before he got in the door, she met him on the outside and basically she said this to David, you made a fool out of yourself today. Is that how you read it? That's pretty much what she said. You embarrassed me. I can't believe you acted the way you acted. Here you are, the king, and you dressed like you dressed, and you danced like you danced, and you rejoiced like you rejoiced. Now look at verse, David, look at verse number 21. And David said unto Michael, it was before the Lord, which chose me before thy father, uh, before thy father and before all his house, to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore will I play before the Lord. Now look at verse 22. David said, and I'm not done. David said, furthermore, and I will yet be more vile than thus, and will be base in mine own sight, and the maidens which thou hast spoken of, of them shall I be had in honor. Hey, girl, you may not think much of me, but I know some other chicks who dig me pretty good. That's what he's saying. That's the Pope translation, by the way. That's what he's saying. Verse number 23, look at verse 23. The Bible says, therefore, whenever you see therefore, you always go back to see what it's there for. Because of all of what we just read, the Bible says in verse number 23, therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child until the day of her death. You know what that tells me? There were serious problems in that relationship from that day forward. You know what I really believe in my heart of hearts? I believe that David and Michael became bitter at one another. I believe that root of bitterness began to spring up in Michael's life and David's life. And may I remind us of why Hebrews 12, 15 says, looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. Wait a minute now. And we see here in David's life that David had some, some bitterness in his life. By the way, fast forward six chapters and you'll find out that David walks up onto the top of the roof of the, the king's palace. And he sees a woman bathing. He should have turned away, but he did not. The Bible says he looked, he lusted, and then he inquired. And he said, who is that? And somebody said, whoa, 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 whoa. That's Uriah's wife. 
And David should have said, oh, but he didn't. David said, get her for me. You know the story. David commits adultery. David gets another man's wife pregnant. Then he tries to cover his sin up and unsuccessful in doing that, so he has to have Uriah killed. And so David, it's sin after sin after sin after sin. And I honestly believe that it wasn't just lust that David was battling with, but I believe that the root of bitterness had sprung up in David's heart. What about Moses? Moses. One of the greatest servants that you'll ever study is Moses. But we know that Moses stumbled. And I believe that Moses' fall could be traced back to a lack of temperance. Moses had a temper. Remember the story? The Bible says in Numbers chapter 20 that God came to Moses and said, Moses, I want you to speak to the rock. And he said, when you speak to the rock, the water's going to come forward. And he said, I'm going to give everybody water to drink. The Bible says that the people murmured and they complained and they bellyached. Sometimes I feel so sorry for Moses, but they murmured. And the Bible says that Moses walked out there and he said, must we fetch water for you rebels? And the Bible says he took his staff and rather than speak to the rock, like God said, he smote the rock. I believe that Moses' fall was, could be traced back to a lack of temperance. You see, if you have a very bad temper, it's because you don't have much Temperance. Temperance. What is temperance, preacher? Temperance is self-control. I believe that Peter, Peter's fall could be traced back to a lack of courage. Peter was fearful what people may think if they found out that he is a disciple of Christ. I think about men like Noah. Boy, what a man. A preacher of, of righteousness. For 120 years, the Bible says that he preached righteousness But we find that Noah, although he was a good man, we find that Noah stumbled and Noah failed. And I believe that Noah's fall could be traced back to a lack of self-control. Genesis chapter 9, verse number 20 and 21 says he was drunken and uncovered within his tent. I think about Abraham, one of the patriarchs of the faith. Abraham, the friend of God. That's what God said about Abraham. He's my friend. And yet we find that Abraham stumbled and fell. I believe that Abraham's fall could be traced back to a lack of faith. Remember God told him, Abraham, I'm going to give you a son in your old age. And he told Sarah, I'm going to give you a son in your old age. But Sarah and Abraham lacked faith. And a little bit further down the road, they thought, well, evidently God's not going to do what he said he's going to do. And so maybe we need to help him out. And so... Abraham goes into Hagar and he bears a son by the name of Ishmael. Now, because of Ishmael, we have all the problems that we're having in the Middle East today because of Ishmael. The Bible says about Ishmael that he'd be a wild man. Nobody would be able to control him. And that's what's going on tonight in countries like Iraq and Iran and over in the Middle East. Wait a minute now. I said that to say this that all of these Old Testament saints who fail in the past are an example of one thing. They are an example 
of the New Testament Christian who is failing to walk in the Spirit. Now, don't forget what we said. The Old Testament is an illustration of New Testament truth. The Bible says these characters, these Bible characters, were put in there for our admonition so we could look and examine their lives. And so we see these good men. We're not critical of them. They were good men, but they all stumbled and they all fell. And these all point to one thing. They are but a picture of the New Testament child of God who's failing to walk in the Spirit. Now look at Galatians 5 again and verse 16. You say, preacher, how do you know? Look what it says in verse number 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit and ye shall not, what's the next word? Fulfill the lust of the flesh. Wait a minute now. You may have those desires. You may have those temptations. You may have those lusts, if you will, of the flesh. But if you're walking in the Spirit, you'll not fulfill those lusts of the flesh. Verse 17, for the lust of the flesh, or for the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. In other words, they turn one against another. These are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you let it be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh, which by the way, is what we see manifested in all these men that I just mentioned. We see these manifested in their life. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such There is no law. All these Bible characters were an example of someone who fails to walk in the Spirit. And by the way, Calvary Baptist Church, if we fail to walk in the Spirit in 2021, it can be devastating in your life and my life. How in the world could a man that's been in the ministry for years and years, who has a great reputation, who's built a wonderful reputation, a great ministry, and at the end of his life, stumble and fall into sin. I look at that and I think, wait a minute, wait a minute, God, that that don't even make any sense until you begin to think about it, brother. If you and I, don't matter who you are, it doesn't matter how famous you may be, it doesn't matter if you're a pastor or a deacon or a Sunday school teacher or a dad or a mom or a teenager, if you don't walk in the Spirit, and if I don't walk in the Spirit, we are walking on dangerous ground we're setting ourselves up for a fall I told the story not long ago about the uh, police officers who were walking on who doing the beat on the south side of town there were three officers they were walking the beat and that night somebody came out of their house and fired on them from the back one of the police officers was struck by a bullet they threw him in an ambulance or a police car and rushed him to the hospital and And as they began to to take off his uniform, they found out that the bullet indeed had struck him, but it had hit his flak jacket. It hit his bulletproof vest. Had he not been walking in that bulletproof vest that night, more than likely that wound 
would have been fatal and not just sore. Listen to me, Calvary Baptist Church. I love you tonight. I'm, I'm, and by the way, I'm preaching this to y'all. I'm preaching this to me tonight. Boy, oh boy, if I'm preaching it to anybody, I'm preaching it to myself tonight. If we let ourselves lapse in 2021, if we get away from God, if we get away from walking in the Spirit, if we don't yield ourselves to the Spirit of God in 2021, we are setting ourselves up for a fall. And somebody says, preacher, it won't happen to me. Listen to me. If it can happen to that man that I'm talking about tonight, it can happen to you and it can happen to me if we do not walk in the Spirit of God. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. What does that mean? What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? I'll give you these quickly. Walk in the Spirit. Number one, the word walk there means deportation. Deport, to, to, to deport oneself. Now, this is simple. If you import something, you're bringing it in. If you deport someone or something, you're sending it out. The word there actually means to expel. Deportation is not allowing someone or something to remain in your life. Notice what Galatians 5.24 says. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. And church, this is why the Holy Spirit will challenge you to deport things from your life. He'll challenge you to remove things from your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 says it like this. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers? For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with the idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Listen to me. Simple preaching tonight, but I want to ask you this. What is it tonight that you need to deport out of your life? Is there anything at all? I just want you to, to do some self-examination tonight. 2021. We're starting this brand new year. We're just getting started. Is there anything at all that possibly the Holy Ghost has been dealing with your heart about? He's been coming to you and saying, you know what? You really need to get that out. It really shouldn't be there. That, that, that really, I, I, I'm really not pleased with that being in your life. And how many know the Holy Spirit will not share the same house with other gods? 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says it like this. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. Oh, listen, would you just do this tonight? Sometime between now and bedtime, would you maybe pray this prayer? Holy Spirit, is there anything in my life that you don't want to be there? Is there anything that you're not pleased with? Have you ever prayed this prayer? I hope you have. Have you ever prayed this, Holy Spirit? Did I do anything today to grieve you? Spirit of God, did I quench you today? Well, I prayed that prayer. 
In fact, I didn't have to ask. I knew I did. How many times I haven't had to go to the Lord and say, I grieved your spirit today. I quenched your spirit today. And, and listen, if the spirit of God deals with your heart tonight or the next little bit in 2021 about some things that you need to expel out of your life, hey, walk in the spirit. That's what it means. Number one, deportation. Number two, it means occupation. The word walk means to be occupied with. And how many know that when you're occupied with a task, it often keeps you from doing any other task? Let me illustrate. If someone calls you up on your work day and says, hey man, let's go play golf. And you have to say to them, brother, I can't go today. Why not? Because I, I got to go to work. I got to work today. I've got an occupation. But wouldn't it be nice if you could just fish and hunt every day? Wouldn't that be great? That'd be great, wouldn't it? Just stay in the woods every day, go to the lake every day, man, just fish, bass fish, brim fish, catfish. Man, that'd be great. But truth matter is you can't. You know why you can't? Because you're occupied. You have an occupation. Did you know that the Holy Spirit will give you things to occupy your time? When I was growing up as a boy, a lot of times my friends would come over in the summertime and they'd say, come on, man, we got plans. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. And I'd say, man, I can't. And they'd be, they'd be like, why, why, what's wrong? And I'd say, man, daddy left me a list a, a mile long. I got to split wood and I got to work in the lower garden. I got to work in the higher, upper, upper garden. And I, he told me to, to uh, weed all the, you know, I got to hoe all the, the corn today. And he said, we got to get the taters in. And, and, uh, and when I get done with that, I got to, I got to feed the calves and, and water the cows. And, uh, and when I get all that done, you know what? Maybe I, maybe I can go. Now, you know what? I knew something. My dad did that as a way of protecting us. He wanted to keep us occupied. He wanted to keep us busy. And how many know that idle hands are the devil's workshop? Are you occupying yourself with the things of Christ? Things like the Word of God. We're talking about walking in the Spirit. This is not for carnal people tonight. Walking in the Spirit. Are you occupying yourself with the things of Christ? Things like the Word of God. Don't answer out loud. How much time have you spent in the book this week? Are you a student of the Word? Have you cracked it every day and tried to read some of the Word of God every single day? That's what I'm talking about. You need to occupy yourself with spiritual things. Occupy yourself with the word of God. The psalmist said it like this, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. How about things like prayer to God? The psalmist said in Psalm 55, 17, evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry loud and he shall hear my voice. How about things like the house of God? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. This is all I'm saying, Calvary. If we're gonna walk in the spirit, that means that the work of God and the church ought to take up a huge part of our life. And I know the world looks at you and the world thinks you're crazy and the world thinks you're weird, 
And they say to you, man, what do y'all do down here at Calvary? Just go to church all the time? No, not all the time, but we do go a lot of the time because we want to be occupied with the things of the Lord. We want to be busy in the work of God. We want to walk in the Spirit. Occupied. Jesus said this in Luke 19, 13, and he called his 10 servants and delivered them 10 pounds and said unto them, occupy till I come. Remember the story in Nehemiah chapter 6. Nehemiah, what a great book. The Bible says the enemies of the Lord came to Nehemiah. And they said, Nehemiah, come down. Join with us. Remember what Nehemiah said in Nehemiah chapter 6? Nehemiah said, I cannot come down to you for I'm doing a great work. And by the way, Calvary Baptist Church, when this world tries to pull you down, when this world tries to pull you away, when your family tries to pull you away from the things of God, you ought to look at them and say, listen, I love you. I love you with all of my heart, but I'm doing a great work. I'm occupied in the things of Jesus, and I, I, I maybe can't do all the things that you want to do. Uh, occupation, occupation uh, is walking in the Spirit. Not only deportation and occupation. But how about this? Number three is the word utilization. Now listen, I'm about done. Listen to this. Utilization. The word walk in the spirit means to make due use of opportunities. To make due use of opportunities. God has given us all some opportunities. And I want to ask you a question. Are you taking advantage of those opportunities or taking them for granted. COVID-19. One, one of the symptoms of COVID-19, at, at least for a lot of people, is that they lose their taste and their smell. Some people, even after they're negative and they're doing a lot better, they still say, Preacher, I haven't got my taste all the way back yet. I haven't got my smell all the way back yet. And almost every one of those people that had that symptom, and some of them had it really, really bad. Uh, this is what they say. Man, I never realized just how great it was to taste something and to smell something. And almost every one of those people will say this. Man, I never realized how much I was taking for granted those wonderful senses, taste, smell that the Lord's given to us. I, in the same way, I would ask a question. Are you taking advantage of the opportunities that God is giving you or taking for granted the opportunities that God is giving you? God has given us an opportunity to read his word. Are you utilizing that opportunity? God has given us the opportunity to pray. Are you utilizing that opportunity? God has given us an opportunity to attend church. Are you utilizing that opportunity. God has given us the opportunity to witness and to let our light shine. Are you utilizing that opportunity? Now, I would say this, and I'd say this kindly. If not, then that tells us something. That tells us you're not walking in the Spirit because that's what it means. If God gives you an opportunity and yet you take it for granted, that's not walking in the Spirit. If God calls you to be occupied in a ministry or 
in some kind of service for the Lord and you don't do that, you're not walking in the Spirit. If God comes to you and says, man, that thing that you've got in your life, I want you to get rid of that thing. And, and you say, well, Lord, I, I, I don't want to get rid of that. You're not walking in the Spirit. To walk in the Spirit means deportation. It means occupation. It means utilization. And we're done tonight. It means observation. Observation. I, I looked up the word walk. Walk in the Spirit. And it means this. It means to follow as a companion or votary. Now, for all you English scholars out there, y'all probably know what that word means. But when I saw that, I thought, what in the world does that mean? To follow as a companion or votary. Votary. I had to look it up. And the word votary means a devoted admirer. Have you ever done this? Have you ever seen some folks who were just head over heels in love? Maybe some little young, little young whippersnappers, you know, just getting started with life. And boy, they got Google eyes for each other. I mean, and they just, they, they can just sit there for hours and just peer in each other's eyes. You ever listen to them talk? You ever listen to those kind of folks talk? And she'll say to him, honey, honey, what would you like to do? And he'll say, honey, whatever you want to do. And he'll say, sweetie, where would you like to go? And she'll say, honey, wherever you want to go. Uh, baby, what would you want to do tonight? Sweetie pie, anything you want to do tonight. You see, they're, they're devoted. They're devoted admirers. They're totally yielded, willing to do whatever the other person wants to do. Hey, Calvary, when is the last time that you so admired the Lord that you totally yielded yourself to him? And you came to the Lord and said, Lord, anywhere you want to go, Anything you want to do, anything you want me to say, any work you want me to be involved in, you want me to sing in the choir, I'll do that. You want me to clean the commode, I'll do that. You want me to vacuum the carpet, I'll do that. You want me to sweep off the seat, I can do that. Blow off the parking, I, I, I'll be glad to do that. What, what, wash your wind, oh yes, I'll be glad to wash it. Anything you want, Lord. A devoted admirer. Lord, anything you want, I'm willing to do. Yielded, yielded to the Lord. It was Judson Van Deventer who wanted to become an artist. He wanted to be an artist. And God wanted him to be an evangelist. And he battled with that thing for the longest time. And finally, Deventer surrendered his life to the Lord and became an evangelist. And he wrote those words, all to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him daily in his presence live. I surrender all, I surrender all, all to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. You say, preacher, how do you know if you're walking in the Spirit? It's pretty easy. If he comes to you and says, I want you to get rid of that thing, and you say, Lord, I don't want to get rid of that. 
you're not walking in the Spirit. If God comes to you and says, boy, I want you to occupy yourself in the choir, and you say, Lord, I, I don't think I'm ready to sing in the choir, you're not walking in the Spirit. If the Lord comes to you and says, boy, I want you to occupy yourself in being a witness and go grab some of those gospel tracks back there. I want you to start giving out some gospel tracks. I know right now we're not going house to house and things like that, but I want you to give out some gospel tracks and, and you say, oh, Lord, I, I don't know if I could do that. You're not walking in the Spirit. Occupy, occupy, and then utilize. If God gives you an opportunity to serve the Lord, and you don't seize on that opportunity, you're not walking in the Spirit. But then, observation. If you're not willing to observe Him and yield your life to Him, you're not walking in the Spirit. Interesting story. The story goes, a man had a two-story house. And one day there was a knock at the door. The man went to the door and it was Jesus. And Jesus said, sir, is there any chance you have some room in the house uh, where, I could, where I could stay? And the man said, absolutely. He said, I've got a room up here on the top level. It's a, like a guest room. And he said, Lord, you can go up there and, and stay in that room. And so sure enough, Jesus came in. He went up and stayed in that room. That man laid down to go to sleep. And there was another knock on the door. The man went to the door. It was late at night. He cracked the door open. And as he cracked the door open, somebody shoved them where he had their way in. And it was the devil. And he began to fight that man and began to tempt that man. And that man began to cry out. And he said, Lord, Lord, help. As he was fighting, saying, Lord, help, Lord, help. And finally, that man finally, after fighting and fighting and fighting, he was able to push Satan out. The next morning, Jesus he saw Jesus and he said, Lord, he said, did you not hear me calling for you last night? Did you not hear me? And Jesus said, well, the problem is, is he said, I just have this one little room up here in the top of the house. The man said, you're right. You know what, Lord? You can have the whole upper, upper part of the house and I'll take the bottom. You have all the, all the upper. And so sure enough, that's what happened. He went to bed that night and there was a knock at the door. It was late. He went to the door and opened the door and sure enough, Satan pushed his way through and he began to wrestle, began to fight with that man, began to tempt him and that man did his best to resist with all of his might and he called out and said, Lord, Lord, help me, Lord, help me. He wrestled and wrestled and wrestled and wrestled and finally he was able to push Satan out of the door. The next day he said to Jesus, Lord, did you not hear me holler for you last night? And Jesus said, well, the problem is you just gave me this top floor. And he said, you have the whole bottom. And the man said, you're right. Lord, I'm giving you the whole house. It's all yours. Up, upstairs, downstairs. It's all yours. That man went to bed that night and there was a knock at the door. But that night, Jesus answered the door. And he said, cracked that door open and stood in the doorway and there was Satan. Satan looked at Christ and said, oh, 
I knocked on the wrong door. I ask you a question. Is there any part of your life that he doesn't have access to? Have you given him a room? Tell you what I'm going to do, Lord. I'm going to make you a great deal. I mean, you never heard of a deal. This is awesome. I'm going to give you this room. It's fully furnished. And Lord, you just, we'll put you right there. But now, Lord, don't come down here on the other, on the bottom floor. I've got some things down there that you probably wouldn't like too much. Oh, listen to me. This is all I'm saying. I wonder how many Christians in 2021 at Calvary Baptist Church would just say this, Lord, you got the whole house. I'm giving you the whole house. It's all yours. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to him, I freely give. I ask you a question, are you walking in the Spirit? Are you walking in the Spirit tonight? Would you bow your heads with me all over the house tonight? Walking in the Spirit. Is there anything in your life that the Holy Spirit has come and said, I'd really like you to get rid of that thing? I'm really not pleased with that specific program. I really, I'm really not enthused about that specific habit. I'm really not pleased with that place or that group that you're hanging around. I know it's going to be hard. But do you think you could deport that for me? You think maybe you could just get rid of that for me? God says, I've got something I want you to do in 2021. I wonder if I could give you this occupation. I'd like you to spend a little bit more time in my word. I'd like you to, to meet with me in prayer a little bit more than you have been. You think maybe you could be occupied in serving me? Ask a question. Are we walking in the Spirit? Are we walking in the Spirit? I don't know about y'all, Calvary. I don't think I did a very good job preaching this tonight. And I'm going to be honest with you. This is my heart. Can I just give you my pastor's heart tonight? I don't want to just start well. I want to finish well. I think God's gave us, give us a good start. But I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to stumble. But the only hope I have and the only hope you have is that we must walk in the Spirit in 2021. I wonder if there may be one here tonight would say, Pastor, if I died tonight, I'm not 100% sure that I would go to heaven. I want you to pray for me. Right now, you slip your hand up. Preacher, if I died, I'm not sure about heaven. Would you pray for me? I see that hand. I see those, hand, those hands. God bless you. God bless you. I'm going to pray for you. Anybody else tonight? Preacher, if I died tonight, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. Amen. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. We have some young people raising their hands, but 
Young people can get saved every day. Hey, child of God, are you walking in the Spirit? Man, let's, let's start 2021 in a great way. Would you stand with us all over the house tonight, Father? I hope it didn't make a mess tonight. Lord, I pray somehow, though, that you'll bring the increase. Lord, you know what I wanted to say? Sometimes it gets sort of jumbled up. God, I pray that you'll, I pray that you'll help us to walk in the Spirit. God, help us to put on that spiritual flag jacket, that wharf, that, that spiritual armor. God, I pray that we'll put it on in 2021. Oh, Lord, keep us from falling. Keep us from stumbling in 2021. God, help us to finish well. Lord, help us to be found faithful when Christ returns. Oh, God, oh, Lord, help us. Lord, we, we need you tonight. Help us. God, I pray for these that have raised their hands. That, Lord, if they've realized tonight they're a sinner that needs a Savior, I pray they'll come. If they want to be saved, I pray they'll come tonight. And we'd love to take the Bible and show them how they can be gloriously saved. And then, Lord, I pray that Christians will come. Oh, God, I pray you'll burden somebody's heart. I pray they'll hit this altar. And tonight, I pray they're yielding. And tonight I pray a lot of prayers will be going up. Lord, help me to walk in the Spirit. God, I'll get rid of anything you don't want in my life. I occupy myself with your work. I want to utilize every opportunity that you give me. And I want to observe and be that devoted admirer, yielded to you. God, have your way now in this time together, please. And we thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name.